You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. Woo! Merry Christmas. Y'all feel like I do? Hmm? Let's all take a collective breath together. Let's breathe in and breathe out. Yeah, that feels better. And as Brad said in the children's sermon, it ain't over. (laughs) The Christmas season actually ends January 5th of next year, which is funny to say, uh, on the church calendar. So the Christmas season is still with us, and I'm glad it is, aren't you? So I say again, Merry Christmas. That's a lot better. When I started preaching a few years back, a, a friend and mentor of mine, Reverend John Wolf, gave me some advice about preaching. And he said, you need to preach about the one thing everyone needs. So I, I paused for a second. I felt like Jesus was too obvious an answer. So I, I, I kind of waved him to respond. He said, preach about the one thing we all need. Preach about hope. And since that conversation, I've tried to do just that in every sermon that I've preached, and today would be no exception. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It reads, In those days a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing has been taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and has been told them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. A man approached a Little League baseball game one afternoon. He asked the boy in the dugout, what is the score? The boy responded, 18 to nothing. We are behind. <laughs> boy, said the spectator, I bet you're discouraged, aren't you? The little boy said, why should I be discouraged? And the man wondered and pondered. The little boy kept talking, saying, we ain't even gotten to bat yet.
The little boy was full of hope. At our house, the Christmas season gears up about December 26th. Yeah? Maybe afternoon 25th, possibly. As soon as the last present's unwrapped, there's a list for next year already in our hands. So if they didn't get this year, they roll to the next year. It's kind of like PTO days, you roll them over. <laughs> right? But electricity in the air doesn't really get going until uh, the Christmas cantata here at church or the school parties at school or school gets out on Christmas vacation. That's when it really ramps up and it's game on, right? The excitement, anticipation ramps up to levels barely containable. And forget about the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's, it's through the roof. They can't even sit still during an hour-long Christmas Eve service made for children. They're ready to get home and go to bed so Santa Claus can come. They bounce off the walls. They are so excited, and it's almost too much. It is almost too much. The hope of what Christmas brings energizes them, and it should be that way. Christmas should energize all of us. Christmas brings hope in the birth of Jesus, the Christ child. And that hope was not born to just a select few. In Luke, the angel told the shepherds, I bring you good news, or I bring you the gospel. That will cause great joy for all people. For all people. This is our first indicator of a worldwide phenomenon. For all people. The gospel of hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is for all people. It reads further, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Now we can read this as you, the shepherds, who the angel is talking to, or it can be read as a collective you, as an everyone. To all people. Everyone. Do me a favor and take out your bulletin, the part with the sermon title on it. it can, I think the cover has it as well as the insert. And if you can find a pew pen, that's what they're really called, please grab one of those. And I want you to write at the end of the sermon title, A-L-L, all. So when you're done, it should read, hope is born to and in you all. Or y'all. <laughs> Hope came to everyone. Everyone. There was no qualification on it. Didn't say to only the Jews, to only the Gentiles. To any particular race, creed, religion. It came to everyone. Now keep your pens out because I want you to write two more words after all, and then a sermon title. I want you to write every day. Every day. And after you write that, it should read, Hope is born to and in you all every day. Every day, hope is born to us. You see, the birth of Jesus is really just the beginning. It's the beginning of hope. The beginning of the story. The story continues later on with a second booster injection of hope at Easter, right? We get a second shot of hope when he comes out of the grave. Birth, Christ's birth sets us in the world on a course towards the ultimate hope, the eschatological hope. Yeah, that's a $10 word. Eschatological hope. Cheaply defined, it means the second coming of Christ. Eschatological hope. That's the ultimate hope for us. I think you would agree that Jesus had to be born in order for him to die, and he had to die in order to be resurrected. Jesus' story and our story is a story of hope upon hope upon hope. It's never-ending. 
Jesus' birth is the birth of hope, and that hope that is already and not yet. Right? Hope that's already but not yet. Here now, but will also come soon. One scholar wrote, the proper stance towards Christmas is to not look back at Bethlehem, but to look through the stable and to the kingdom of God. Don't see the stable as the end or just the mere beginning. Look through the stable in Bethlehem to see the fullness of the kingdom of God. Already and not yet, the kingdom of God. This is the ultimate hope of Christ. But how does that work? How is hope to be born every day? So that's to lead to the ultimate hope. How does that look? How does that feel? There's a parenthetical in your sermon title that says, and in. It says, hope is born in you every day. Hope is to be born in us, believers of Christ, every day. We are to be the embodiment of hope of Christ to others through our care and compassion through our willingness to live out the good news, the gospel of hope that is found in Jesus Christ. We're formally reminded twice a year, Christmas and Easter, which is great. But I need more reminding than that, don't you? Currently, we live in a calendar of peaks at Christmas and Easter and maybe valleys of ordinary times, as they call it. Sometimes it feels too ordinary. I need reminding every day of the hope of Christ. I want to live in a world where the calendar has a plateau of hope. No peaks or valleys. It's all at the top of the chain. The hope of Christ. During this Christmas season, I had two hope-filled moments. One was on a grand scale, made the news. And the other was on a smaller scale, but filled with as much hope as the first. The first story was in the news beginning of December, and you probably read it or heard it on the radio or saw it on Facebook. It involved a single mom of four by the name of Diane Elliott. Diane was trying her best to raise her three children, one of which is 14 years old and suffers from Down syndrome, all while living in a hotel in the city of Atlanta. The weight and hopelessness of a situation drove Diane to leave and some say abandon her son at Grady Hospital. The report said she felt overwhelmed by the care of her 14-year-old son with Down syndrome. The young man was nonverbal, so he couldn't help himself nor the authorities with his identity or his mother's identity. So because of what she did, Diane was arrested for abandoning her 14-year-old son at Grady Hospital. When Diane showed up in court for her first appearance, she received the shock of her life. In the courtroom, there was a numerous mother's of Down syndrome children as well with her. To bring solidarity to her, to be with her during her struggles. They understood her, some of which went through the exact same thing she's going through. They gave up their children illegally and paid the consequences of losing them for a season, only to have them return later on. They embodied the hope of Christ for Diana. She walked in that courtroom. She thought she was alone. She was hopeless. She was overwhelmed. But to see a room full of fellow mothers struggling with the same thing, she was not alone. She saw hope. In addition, there was a lawyer from Macon that decided to drive up to the court that day to represent Diane. His name was Brian Jared. He represented her pro bono. That means free. 
See, Brian adopted three young men himself, all with Down syndrome. So he, too, knew the struggle she was facing. He, too, represented the hope of the Christ child. Diane had no hope. But these ladies and Brian showed her and gave her hope. The next story didn't make the news, but it probably should have. In my neighborhood, there's a young man named the name of Gabriel Chittabarum. Gabriel is, has Down syndrome. We first met Gabriel in kindergarten at Whittle Elementary. Christian and Gabriel, my son Christian, they were in an inclusive class together in kindergarten. Fine young man, communicates well, loves Disney and Star Wars. So he, Christian, and I have great conversations because I love Disney and Star Wars. Fine young man. We've stayed in contact with Gabriel and his family over the years. He did change schools a couple of times because of his needs. But this year, I'm happy to say he's back at Vickery Creek Middle School as a sixth grader. And he's also in the chorus, uh, not with Christian, but part of the choral program, led by Miss Melissa Griswold at Vickery Creek Middle School. During the most recent performance, Gabriel sang with the seventh grade chorus. And they sang a song entitled Candlelight Cannon. And they did a beautiful job singing it. But in addition to singing it, they signed the whole song in American Sign Language. A beautiful performance. Absolutely beautiful. Every word signed. It was, it was a magnificent performance. But the most wonderful part about it was that Melissa Griswold placed Gabriel in the front row. So you have a Down syndrome young man on the front row signing about peace. Seeing his heart out. The words of the chorus were, peace for you and peace for me. Now, Gabriel probably didn't know all the words of the song or know all the sign language songs, signs, but he was singing his heart out. I'm not sure Miss Grizzle knew what she was doing when she did that. But for me, and I think the rest of the audience, it was a sign of hope. Hope of Christ that came for everyone, including Gabriel. Peace for you and peace for me. It communicated more of a gospel of hope than any sermon I could preach or words I could speak. It was a powerful moment. What I'm trying to say here is we as followers of Christ, other than two times a year, need to find something that works for us to remind us of the birth of hope on Christmas. We have to maintain our focus so that we can give hope to others. That's our job as followers of Christ. As I was my started preaching, we all need and want hope because without it, well, life is hopeless. We all need and want hope. A number of years ago, researchers performed an experiment to see the effect of hope has on those undergoing hardship. Two sets of laboratory rats were placed in separate tubs of water. The researchers left one set in the water and found that within an hour they'd all drowned. The other rats were periodically lifted out of the water and then returned. When that happened, the second set of rats swam for over 24 hours. They swam for 24 hours when they were taken out, put back in, taken out, put back in. Why? Not because they were given rest, but because they suddenly had hope. These animals somehow hoped that if they would stay afloat just long enough that someone would reach down and rescue them. Stay afloat just long enough that someone would come rescue us. If hope holds such power for unthinking rodents, how much greater should this effect be on our lives? How much more? 
Pastor Jenny mentioned a song a few weeks back during one of her sermons, and that song is entitled, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. This is a song about hope that Christmas brings. It's actually based on a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It was written on Christmas Day in 1863 during the Civil War. It was written two years after his wife died from burns she suffered when her dress caught on fire. And during the same year, his eldest son was nearly paralyzed while fighting in the war. The poem reads, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. To a ringing singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth and goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I bowed my head in despair. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks a song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. The world needs hope. We need hope. It was needed before Christ's birth, and it's needed today. As we face unprecedented darkness, uncertainty, and terror, we need hope. Christmas reminds us of Christ's hope for all of us and reminds us of his hope in us. The birth of Christ reminds us of hope for all of us and his hope in us. Just like the rodents, hope compels them to keep on swimming in anticipation of someone coming and picking them up out of the water. We need to be that way. Hope. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ and to be a part of the body of Christ. We get the awesome opportunity and responsibility to be the bells on Christmas Day. We can be the bells on Christmas Day and be the hope of Christ for someone treading water in this tumultuous sea we call life. We can be the hope of Christ. And not just two days a year, but every day. Every day. Theologian Howard Thurman said in his poem, The Work of Christmas, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. And I will add, to be hope in an often hopeless world. My prayer for you this morning is this, that we become vessels, if not instruments, bells, that allows the rest of the world to hear the bells of hope of Christmas every day, and that we embody the hope that the Christ child represents so that we can make every day Christmas for someone else. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. 
We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.